Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of a town called The Fort. Events that take place in The Fort are not suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. The other entity watching from the black, Adam, he who walked about as though he knew the non-existent halls of that big vast open nothing that Edward August Hall had assimilated with. How? Why? It was obvious, of course. How? Well, before Edward August Hall had staked his claim, Adam had walked those lands freely. Why? Well, that was obvious as well. Because Edward August Hall had seen it all and Adam had not. Adam had been gone for two significant periods of time. The first was due to an unfortunate run-in with the sharp end of an axe with the assistance of a well-placed metal spike against a very arrogant oak. The second period of prolonged absence due to the spoken words of a one Reverend Albert. His compulsion, his gift sent Adam walking straight out of town and should have kept him walking longer, thought Edward August Hall, but he should have known better. Reverend Albert had been the first time Edward August Hall had done more than simply watch, but that was mere accident. 
It wasn't like his experiments with Garrett Franklin. With the aid of the lidless congregation as it came to be known after the fact, Reverend Albert having gifted the collective sight of his devotees and with their help sought to single out God with their vision. Adam had interfered, although Edward August Hall thought that had nothing to do with the ultimate outcome of that event. Reverend Albert had singled his sights not on God as intended, but on Edward August Hall in all his grotesque glory. The Reverend's mind perceived him as one ginormous bloodshot eye with throbbing thin capillaries glowing in the dark stuck in that nothing. It must have come as some shock to the Reverend. Of course it had. Edward August Hall knew this because he tasted it in the knowledge that the Reverend kept to himself, even if he wanted to tell anyone. On his return to the corporeal world, there were little in the way of those who might have listened. There are secrets whispered in the wind. They sound like God, or divine intervention. Some singular truth to all life's terrible twists and turns, but in the fort one should not go blindly believing the bristly words of shaking leaves. In truth, Edward August Hall knew nothing of how the lidless congregation came to their conclusion, their ritual, their chants and preparation, and their act of self-sacrifice. It pained Edward August Hall to admit, but some questions had no answers as nature was a force beyond him and their act was the human interpretation, the coalescing of man and nature, and so he knew nothing of how it was that they learned the steps to be taken to send Reverend Albert to him. Edward August Hall also knew nothing of their innermost secrets and thoughts, because they did not offer them to him. They were not looking to absolve themselves of their imagined sins, and so they felt no guilt and they held no secrets. Even if much of what they thought and did remained unspoken, there was no guilt. And so, they weren't secrets. Edward August Hall knew if someone had the wisdom to ask them those questions like good little Jesuits, they would have spread their word far and wide and spoken those truths so that he could learn them. Who had intervened after his encounter with the Reverend? Edward August Hall didn't know. But some hand other than his own had gilded the Reverend's tongue with the gift to command Adam. Oh, he wished he knew the truth of the matter. But... Whatever it was existed beyond the edge of nothing, which comprised the edges of his world. It existed in what lay beyond annihilation. Like his true form had been unimaginable to Reverend Albert, so too were the existence of such things to Edward. Oh, one day. One day Edward August Hall would find them and learn their names and faces. The source of it all before all that could be touched was formed and what dictated the rules of life and death. His ignorance was hard to admit. The knowledge that he could only learn so much as was seen by the eyes of ants was knowledge that ironically went unacknowledged as often as Edward August Hall could stomach his own willful ignorance. But luckily what Adam wanted to know had everything to do with ants. With people. Everything he needed to know centered around his errant pawns. Edward August Hall, in the interest of self-preservation, had lots to offer. 
so much in fact that he could keep his own little secrets from Adam and Adam couldn't truly kill Edward August Hall, he knew that. If Adam tested his theory, and by ceasing the life of his physical body, although detached, he ran the risk of losing that knowledge which Edward August Hall held, and surely Adam couldn't be so reckless. Surely he wouldn't be so stubborn. But Edward August Hall could not taste that truth upon his all-seeing eye, because if he simply asked Adam, Adam would tell him it wasn't a secret. He knew that, but he didn't ask, because Edward August Hall was afraid of the answer. Instead, Edward August Hall simply complied and gave Adam whatever he desired while not offering answers to those questions Adam did not yet know to ask. There was plenty of marshland near where the fort was situated, and although it was largely avoided due to dangers and pitfalls that children learned young to avoid, there were plenty of stories of wayward wanderers getting lost in its winding mints. It was a confusing landscape of blending woodlands and marsh, and then just round a bend or two from the most common paths where the ground was solid enough to hold footfalls without sinking, there was the bog which also entangled itself in the patchwork scenery. If you walked through the fort in the direction of north, although commonly referred to as down, you'd come to the river. If you walked down to the river and turned west, the harder packed and arable dirt that made up the fertile farmland townsfolk had spilled blood for, that dirt would eventually give way to sand where the banks of the Bedford Channel had eroded away the topsoil. And if you followed the sand along the river's edge, you were met by the most adventurous and wayward of the forest pines. And diving into their midst, a misinformed traveler would find themselves at the edge of marshland. That signaled you were there, at the labyrinthian entrance to Burns Bog. Adam stood staring at the muddy land, with its bulrush and weeds obscuring where the waters of the river had seeped into the land and then locked itself away for safekeeping in the marsh. He'd walked through there one too many times on his way to Burns Bog in the past, and lost one too many pairs of boots to the peat that swallowed them hungrily, sucking them right off his feet. He knew the way well now, despite the way the land changed with the rains and seasons. The way the water body drained and filled different pockets entirely based on the whimsy of the land like sloshing waters back and forth. Adam cursed under his breath as he trudged along. If there were more pleasant ways to reach his target destination, he would have taken it. But that was, as far as he knew, the easiest route to where the Black Leech ancestral lands lay. Deep in Burns Bog, on an archipelago of raised mounds of earth sitting in stinking, stagnant ponds of water, were the remains of the Black Leech family. A collection of ramshackle buildings, some as rudimentary as to be called hovels, while others resembled more modern homes. That's where Edith Blackleech had run off to after the Lapon fire. She'd gone home. He had thought as much, but still... He'd known too little without the help of his new friend, Edward August Hall, to go in blindly. The Blackleeches were different. 
tricky. They pulled their power from the rotten decomposition of living things. Edith could not manipulate life or death like someone such as Alfie. Edith was fueled by it. By death. Or rather, what came after. The breaking down of flesh and other organic materials. That's why she and all the Black Leeches before her lived in Burns Bog. The bog was a place of death. Stagnant dead water. Dead rats. Dead vegetation. And on occasion, for dessert, dead townsfolk. Burns Bog was a special place as far as death went. Everywhere you looked it was abundant. There was a force of nature at work there. One little understood by Adam. He didn't want to know either. It stunk to high heaven and he wanted no part in the filth of it. All he needed to know was that as far as humans went, the black leeches had been as dangerous as they came. Edith was old, but standing face to face with her, the way Adam always met her eyes with a square chin and tight-lipped respect, that was as close as he ever came to acknowledging an equal. Where Mother Cyprian, Jacob, and Alfie and the rest had sacrificed to materialize their will, the black leeches used nature's own mechanisms to make their intent manifest. Clever, really, and simple, too. Distasteful, disgusting, immoral, unethical by societal standards, sure, but it made them different. The rest lied to themselves. They martyred themselves for some fiction called the greater good. Oh, the black leech family, though. They were a pack of vultures. They were the green rot on the edge of a festering cut. They took what by nature must be given and siphoned some for themselves. They were an extension of nature. The smallest maggots in a world of rot. But enough to eat the entirety of giants who lay still for too long. The Black Leeches had once been a great big family, but Edith had seen to that. Adam never asked why she bloodied her hands the way she had. He didn't want to set off her temper. She'd been a good ally in his times of need, but never when it didn't suit her best interests, and that was enough. To know not to make her angry. He didn't need to pry to know if their interests aligned, she would do anything to see their goals achieved. That's the beauty of singularly selfish individuals. Adam kicked reeds and bulrushed to the sides as he rounded a bend. As he did so, he agitated the water, sending the smell of the acidic sour scent of necrosis up into the air. Huh. It was a well-cultivated vintage. There were... Layers to it. Different levels of flesh turned liquid. Ahead, the home which by Edward August Hall's recollection was where Edith would be, came into sight. The white paint had melted off it, the bog air having done a fine job of stripping the thick lead paint, but there were little specks of that brilliant white embedded in the ridges of the exposed boards. The porch was lopsided, half of it sinking into the ground below. It was sad, really. A delusion of a normal life. In a place like that, it looked like a suburban palace in a wretched prison. 
The house had belonged to one of Edith's sisters, if Adam recalled correctly, although he could never really separate them by name. Edith's sisters never left each other's sides, which was probably why she couldn't leave the bog. The ties that bind family together are strong. The ties that bound the black leeches were oppressive. Adam helped himself, not bothering to knock. If Edith was home, then she already knew he was there, and if the door was open, she minded not that he came in. There in the front foyer, or where the area marked by long-since bashed through walls had been, stood Edith Blackleach. Oh, ho, 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 ho. hello, Edith. Been a long time. Ah, I think we ought to talk. Hmm, what do you say? This episode was written, directed, and narrated by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Harlan Guthrie. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. This episode featured Cole Weavers as Adam. To find additional information or join our Patreon to support the show and receive ad-free episodes, visit our website at thetownwhispers.com. Rate and review us online. Tweet us at The Town Whispers. Join us on Discord by clicking the link in the description. Visit us on Facebook or email us at thetownwhispers at pulpaudio.ca. The Town Whispers is a serialized horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio, distributed by Callum Doherty of the Rusty Quill Network, and licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. I got the ghost of you inside of my Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.